what's the name of that film where they're on a boat and there's a girl in the cave? We crack straight into Mike Phillips. FNAF. FNAF. Or just, or just turning up in a Subaru. You're going to be long in there, mate. <laughs> I wanted to marry her for a long time, but then I suddenly realised that I was nine and, and she was not. Uh... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Pro Detailer magazine podcast. We are continuing on our magazine read-through and discussion session. Um, in the house, we have the familiar favourites. We have Mr. James of the Keeley. Hello. Mr. Ian of the Seeley. Am I the familiar one or the favourite one? But don't answer that. That's an economical question. Um, so went to school with him. <laughs> just means off the church, cheap. But I got off Father Ted. Um, so you got what of Father Ted? I got a lot of Father Ted. He was my favourite. No, my favourite was actually called Reverend Bob. But never mind. Um, so the topic of conversation is going to kick off with continuing where we left off, which is with the mega test, and we discussed the subjective elements of the mega test that we did. And now we want to talk about the science, and I put that kind of in brackets, science, um, to what we did. Um, you mean quotation marks? That's the sort <laughs> of thing. Um, so Ian, we, well, Ian had an idea in the early development, which uh, we did actually follow through to test, and it didn't quite work out as planned. But what was the original plan? Well, the whole, the whole point of the, um, the scientific quotation mark uh, aspect was to take all bias out of it, uh, out of the test. So we were trying to think, oh, how can we replicate using a rotary polisher without having a detailer attached to it? Um, we went through a couple of ideas, um, but we settled on trying out uh, basically a, a benchtop pillar drill, which on paper works nicely, as long as that paper doesn't mean it's a 100-watt benchtop pillar drill, which didn't work. It strangely didn't have the guts. It lacked torque, but mm -hmm. and again, it, so yeah, they don't they don't quote the torque figures on those. But the, pro the problem is getting a getting a pillar drill that you can um, adjust the speed, like twist a knob mm -hmm. and adjust the speed on, is actually not that easy to find with decent amount of power behind them. Most of the ones we're looking at, it's changed the speed you had to physically open the top and move the belt to a different pulley, and I, which I isn't ideal when you're trying to do it in the middle of. Uh, middle of a polishing set we, well quite that would be that could be potentially awkward and, and figure snag finger snaggy um and i suppose the thing is that a drill is designed to exercise the force over a, a, a typically say a five mil drill bit not over a one two five mil pad a pillar drill in general would would have done it but we needed to get a bigger one and by the time we realized we needed to get a bigger one it was too late i have to admit it seems to be a pattern of late, of buying online, I've been buying board games for reasons I won't go into, and I bought what I thought was full-size Jenga with all the parts in, and it's smaller than my fist. I did the same with Battleships. I've done the same with about five different board games, and it all came small. It's just like that. Have you been buying off Wish? No, no. I'm, I'm buying off the Bay of E and various others, and um, every single time I seem to fall into the trap of buying. I bought a chess set which is so small you can't distinguish between the damn things. So, um, and this pillar drill was like a baby pillar drill when it arrived. Oh, we knew what size it was. I was, oh, I, was okay. I was fully aware of the size. I just wasn't aware of the the lacking in power because it didn't have any of that listed. No, no. I mean it's a it's a it's a decent weight unit and everything like that, and it's perfectly good for drilling pilot holes and things like that up to us. Yeah. We knew the maximum chuck size was going to be an issue, so we ended up um, having to source a different uh, M14 
chuck depth, bits. I think. Yeah. I think it, it would only go up to a six mil shank, but. Yeah. God, this is interesting. <laughs> so anyway, we, we started the mega test with the idea of doing a pillar drill. That didn't kind of work out. So, James, tell us um, what we ended up improvising and how we did it. Well, Ian had already sort of half-rigged it, hadn't he, when we got downstairs. <laughs> so we'd, we'd basically got... Um, it's a, it was a desktop vice, wasn't it? Yeah. Desktop vice with um, a 360... Oh, it's just there. Oh, look, it's just there next to you. Just there. Yeah, desktop vice, but it has a 360 ball joint, mm -hmm. so you can basically swivel it at any angle. Um, and the idea was to clamp the hand of the hand handle. handle of the um, machine polisher in, and then we would use a spirit level to make sure it was level. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we did it all on scales, didn't we, as well? Yeah, so that was the other thing as well is... The, the idea of the pillar drill in the first place was to put a measured weight on the handle so that we knew that it was an, exerting an amount of force for every pad. Um, obviously, when we changed to the machine polisher, we had to make sure that we were keeping it correct on every one. Um, but initially, what we did is we put a test panel on there and we measured the, the uh, sort of usual amount of force that a detailer would put on a panel because everybody yeah. says oh you should only polish with the weight of the machine well that's nonsense yeah you know it, you physically can't keep it in one place just by using its own weight or try and run away especially on a rotary so yeah. we measured the amount of force that we both normally would exert and funnily enough it was within a few hundred grams mm -hmm. um, and then we used magic mystery and a handful of disney to <laughs> make the weight the same on every pad well we used it was quite entertaining we had uh, Buprite kindly sent us through some flamethrower torch things which you stick on the side of them we sort of slightly used some of those components we adapted order. and overcame exactly exactly and then there was steel cable involved and a brake caliper there was an old brake caliper from, from my old R53 um, that was one of the, the items of weight I think we used a rubber mallet it was it was a balancing act, but we, we were able to get a fairly consistent weight, and then we timed how long the machine worked. And again, as we alluded to in the last podcast, we sort of we originally went I think for five grams worth of compound, and we realised that was a bit too much, so we went down to two grams. That worked much better. We tried twenty seconds, thirty seconds, fifty seconds. We went all over, and then we found a kind of a what we felt was a realistic medium in which we could can sort of fairly put between the different polishes um, and make it consistent, which is what it's all about, really, is taking out variables. Yeah. And on every mega test, we do the same thing. We test the test first. Because mm. there's no point dreaming up an idea, doing the whole mega test, then getting to the end and going, oh, well, actually, you know, we've created an anomaly ourselves here. So mm -hmm. what we need to do is run through the whole lot first and then make sure that that is testable. Exactly. Think things like using on the, the substrate we were using on was really thick aluminium. Mm -hmm. And we found that whereas you you wouldn't really want to hold the pad in place for more than 20, 25 seconds for fear of heating on standard thickness car body panels. On this, we could actually hold it in place comfortably for 45 seconds. It'll get up to temperature yeah, um, the, without think... overheating the paint and all the surrounding area. Yeah, because we, we tried it for a minute, didn't we? And we did mm. find that it was getting too hot mm. at that point. So. The ball actually started sticking to the paint. Yeah. <laughs> the, the challenge is that there are some, which we found on the subjective testings, there are some that work best and you need to build up a good temperature. I mean, was that the shawl and the car The shawl definitely benefited so much from going at higher speeds and really yeah. working in. 
Um, Audacia was the one though. Audacia yeah. Yeah. excels at high speed, and and uh, Svizzer as well. Svizzer was a tricky one because Svizzer requires you to actually play with the speeds. So you mm. want to use it on a low speed for your cutting, and then you can up it for the refining. And then if you've got the skills to pay the bills, you can put it right up and take all of the weight off the machine and use it to finish. Whereas yeah. conversely, Kosh, if you use that too quickly, then it just, it just vanishes. It goes, goes <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I haven't put enough polish mm. on here. So the answer is that we've tried to find the best replication of normal polishing, but because we're trying to keep it consistent, unlike the subjective testing, we weren't able to put in kind of our own wisdom and say, right, we know this one works better if it's done faster and harder, and we know this one's better if it's done lighter and slower or whatever. Um, so, again... It was weird. I mean, I, I think we put about equal emphasis on scientific and subjective testing initially. Yeah. Um, but once we'd done the panels with the rig, we also did the panels subjectively just as another way of doing a, um, you know, getting onto a different paint type um, yeah. as well as the UHS and the other paints that we tried on. And uh, that was how we kind of came to an overall conclusion. And generally speaking, the ones that did good in the scientific, well, the ones that we liked subjectively also did well in the scientific one. Majoritively. Majoritively, yeah. There was, um, re really, Cartec were the only anomaly because um, it won the scientific test, yeah, hands down. Um, you know, the the removal of the sanding marks on the soft Japanese paint was more or less faultless. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was really good. Um, but when we used it on Ian's UHS Clearco, it it gave the impression of doing a very, very good job but once we started wiping it down, it wasn't mm. wasn't so much. Um, well, that brings on an interesting topic because we nominated Veritas to be the wipe down on our subjective testing, but then latterly we switched to NV Car Care Filler Killer because it was, it, I don't want to say gentler, I don't know quite what the phrase would be, but yeah, so very well, less aggressive would yeah. be a, a better way of describing it. Veritas is a fantastic product, but we think that, we think it's going beyond what we require in the industry. Um, plus, Ian's car had been painted. So we also think that we were getting a bit of um, sort of solvent flooding, mm -hmm. um, which basically makes the paintwork swell up and then shrink back. So we think we were getting a bit of sort of bounce back or rebound on some of the defects. But it, was, it was like using a, a nuclear weapon as a weed killer. Yeah. It did the job of, yeah, it does. a bit too well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it is a fantastic product, but... It kind of does too much. Yeah. So, um, but NV filler killer is, you know, it's a God knows, God knows yeah. how many times PVD top ten winner. Yes. In the tests for panel wipes, it's it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's, and, and bear in mind as well that we we didn't only try NV filler killer. We also tried G Technic P wipe P yeah. PW PW panel wipe. Um, yeah. Did we try? We did we try IGL on there? No. No, because that's another one that's quite. Mm. Aggie. I think we use Spies Hecker as well because I bought some of that in from a so, previous yeah. wax test, I think. Possibly. Um, but yeah, so we we found that and uh, just to point out as well is that... And IPA to be fair we use as well. Yeah, we yeah. IPA. But on the subjective part, we didn't purely base our opinion on that first wipe down with Veritas because we then used it again all around the vehicle mm -hmm. when we were doing the actual challenge. Um, and we were using filicular by that point, mm. so our, our our opinions were made on, you know, on various on what we're doing, yeah, on ver wipe, various yeah. tests and stuff. I mean, the one thing that I'm I'd sit there and I look at the results and I read through what we've said and all the rest of it, and I do, I, I'm not going to say I feel bad, but I I think that 
kind of we need to make the point on rupes for example because if you look at the graphs rupes is is on the scientific it didn't do very well and on our initial subjective as well it was the word i think was used was disappointing um, um and though it did do quite well on the scientific from memory uh, it wasn't it wasn't like a million miles away no no it was um i mean on overall scores it, it did sit at the bottom but i just felt it was unfair because act in terms of it needs to be said that um, as once we finished the kind of the testing and it, the job was to get that A5 done for the showcase, that was what you used. That's what yeah, you're, that was your too. But uh, again, but it, I. Be funny, see, if, we, if we'd had 50 polishes there, Roops wouldn't have come last. No, it wouldn't. No. Uh, and uh, you know, it's not. We're not. It sounds a bit like we're backpedaling what we did. You know, it didn't perform as well as the others. It's yeah. as simple as that. Whether or not one of the other pads that were sent to us may have had a different effect, I don't know, but we used one of the pads that's yeah. designated for the the coarse rotary compound. Mm. The question I made, really, is, is there enough difference from the Roop's rotary polish to the normal polish? And in reality, the way that it behaved on a Bigfoot, I, I don't think so. I think no. it's as good as the old... Um, yeah, oh, you ended up finishing off most of the Audi using. Yeah, well, yeah, the, I did. Like, yeah. like, but just said, you know, I used a Roops fifteen. That that was the killer. Is I used a fifteen Bigfoot, which is supposed, you know, supposedly for finishing. I used that with their coarse wool foam back pad, and, and it yeah. absolutely blasted through everything that we we're working on. Yeah. So the answer is that in in the test criteria that we did, no, it didn't do particularly well. But actually, it doesn't mean it's a bad product. It's just that you use it differently with different equipment for uh, different and things. And also bear in mind that that we struggled in general to get Ian's car done in that challenge. It wasn't like a yes because when we went outside and we started doing bits on VOD, which is an older Audi paint type, all of the polishes were very very good. Mm. But Let's be honest, the majority of cars that we're working on these days are UHS. So for us, if a polish isn't performing on UHS, then currently it's not a good polish. Yeah. But th and that's the way you have to look at it. Yeah, no, I agree. If, I you, agree. Worked, if you worked at, um, I don't know, like classic car barn or something, then, you know, CarTech would be the best polish because yeah. it's fantastic on softer paints. Yeah. No, it's an interesting one. And as I say, the overall winners, we won't give it all away here, but the overall winners, when you read, um, are an interesting thing. And we basically come to the conclusion that there still isn't one polish that does everything um, in, in terms of the heavy cut. and that, As um, long as we're not giving it away, that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's, <laughs> well, there, that's might be, there might only be one. I there might only be one. Or was there? Or was there 12? <laughs> hey, we've got that button. <laughs> we do have that button. Hey, it's too late now. Is it the too late? Oh, yeah. That's a really off-brand version of that. It, it is. It's one that you don't have to pay the copyright on. You also press the wah wah at exactly. the same time. We've got like a master mixer. That's the, uh, well, you know, when you get my level of deck <laughs> mixing skills. Um, so um, that's the mega test. And moving on from the mega test, we then crack straight into the guide section. Um, and we are doing, we, we seem to focus on removal of things. Yeah, well, the, so we've, we've been, we've had guide bits in previous mags, haven't we? But oh, this, the, the first one was just mag guides. You yeah, know. but this one we thought we'd kind of refresh the sort of section a bit and have a few yeah. more in there. Um, a lot of mini guides. Yeah. There, there are lots mm. of, there's a lot of subjects out there that don't warrant a, a four-page write-up on how to do it, but no. actually a bit of guidance is <laughs> Filling is a good. bucket. But to be fair, I think I managed to get three pages out of buckets in a previous issue. We Did had, you? Yeah, I think we had a page on bucket choice and selection and then on, on the kind of the grit card. I, or, I think or I glazed over it. I liked it. I involved lobsters and nobody noticed. 
Rock lobsters? Uh, no, there were Iraq lobsters. No, no, there are Envato <laughs> free graphic lobsters. <laughs> oh, yeah. they look the important like thing is you made an effort. I did. He I did. did. And we he made did. a nice change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I want to know, and I think everybody else will want to know when they get the magazine. I'm currently looking at a um, page 67, mm. and we have a picture of James using a pixie, a flex pixie, in a manner that an optician uses uh, one of them things when they look into your eyes and you then realise that they've got terrible breath. Um, what, what, are you, what are you kind of doing? In, this is spot, spot sanding, but it, it, this is what's described. Is that just a camera angle? It, that is the camera angle, yeah. Okay. But I was basically... He was sniffing the pixie. That was when we were... Uh, <laughs> I've heard about this. When we were doing the, the, the A5 for the challenge, I was trying to spot sand an extremely fine stone chip fill that I'd done. Um, and we were using pretty duff old sanding daisies. So I was yeah. probably putting about 35 kilos of pressure on that pixie <laughs> to try and get it to knock some... Trying to get the Velcro to really come through the back <laughs> yeah. of the sanding daisy. Yeah. So in terms of removal things, we've got um, uh, removing dead bodies. Yeah, mm -hmm. in, in sector... Insect in, dead bodies. In sector yep. homicide. In, in, <laughs> in sector homicide... Yeah, that was interesting, actually. I had, a, I had a, a, our top secret Dr. X chemist. I had a long conversation with him in He's Germany. In Germany, yes. I think I know which um, one you mean. Well, it was Andreas. Hi, Andreas. Yes. Why are you very effeminate? <laughs> and I had a really good chat with him because we are very much sold on the concept of enzyme removers for insects. Um, and obviously, we used to sell an insect remover when I worked for said brand. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a chat with him. I said, you know, enzymes, this, that, and the other. And he said, look, enzymes are used for breaking down the hard outer shells of the insect. He said, but the, usually... The crunchy bits. Yeah. Mm. He said, but by the time you've hit them at 70 miles an hour... They're pretty soft. It's the guts you're trying to get rid of. Mm. and Just like deer. Yeah, you hit a deer. Uh, There's well, not many crunchy bits on a deer, though. Oh no! Apart from the teeth. Hit, if you hit it at seventy miles an hour, the weird thing is it, it, it literally vaporizes. That's that's the weird. A deer. Well, a kangaroo, and I presume they're pretty similar. And no, I've, I've no, seen no, the no. aftermath I'm of not hitting that. kangaroo. Oh, the the road I, train things. I had yeah. a friend do it a badger, and it pretty much wrote his car off. Oh, they do damage the car, right? But the, oh, right, okay. the inside of the car, because it goes through the windscreen, the inside of the car looks like a murder scene. Or like you chose really That's badly. Because there's a dead animal time. over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is a murder scene. <laughs> but, but they do vaporise a dead animal. Yeah, oh, yeah murder a live animal. Vaporise probably isn't the right word. Kind of powderise, if you like. They just, you know, it, it, it. it anyway. Liquify. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, uh, Andy basically alluded to the fact that enzyme cleaners are great for removing the hard exoskeletons uh, of insects, but. They're uh, pretty much unnecessary for little flies and bugs mm. and stuff. So, yeah, if you hit a plague of locusts, I mean, it's 2020. Anything's yeah, that's possible probably, yet. Yeah. I mean, I'd take plagues of locusts at the moment. Yeah, over alternative options. Which, over what? Well, I, I watched an asteroid movie last night. It was terrible, and it was, ap I mean, really terrible. It was, it was the equivalent of a B-movie, and, and there's a genre of B-movies were produced to go straight to video. Oh, like Sharknado. Th that sort of thing, exactly. Me mega... There was Megalodon. Megalon as well as Megalodon. One, Megalodon. With Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Yeah, my, my hero, Jason. <laughs> and um, who, strangely enough, I think is working as a professional detailer in the Gosport area. Um, you will get that reference if you read the magazine fully. Um, well, I never do that. So. I, I don't get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, the. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, yeah. He, he basically said that once you, if, if you're not removing the hard shells of insects, then. 
basically we're looking at glycols for lubricant. As, as we know, lubricant is the main it's the key. removal part of a soap. Yeah. Um, and alkalines, yeah. detergents, surfactants. So, uh, but yeah, it's an interesting read. You probably don't need to read it now. <laughs> <laughs> and switching from um, uh, insect removal with alkalines, we're now on to water spotting with acids. Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, the um, pictures here are of, are of VOD, and we did those um, a while ago, actually, these photos before and afters. And it's one of the things I'm amazed we haven't done it before, but if you get a dark-coloured car, park it in the sun, spray water on it, then put a, a stop-motion camera on it, you just see the appearance of watermarks, which is kind of cool. Obviously, we didn't, we weren't able to publish all sort of 7,000 images from a stop-motion, but we did put the before and afters. Yeah. Um, now, um, tell us about water spots there, what they are, what their creation is, and how they get removed. I'm not going to tell you all that, because I just basically gives away the entire content of the magazine. Yeah, but, but the idea is to have this as a read-along. Well, yeah, so no, it's, it's a read-along. Okay, so if, if we're quiet for like five minutes, if everyone <laughs> could just read that page <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll do tests on it at the end. No, the, the, the idea, again, behind touching on these sort of subjects is sort of subject that, you know, a lot of people have end up Googling about, but... Mm not just the, oh, how do I get rid of it? Why is it caused in the first place? It's caused by the, the total, dissolved, uh, total dissolved solids. I can't even say it. It sounds like a mineral deposit. Nice yeah. <laughs> well, every <laughs> raindrop is, is based around a bit of dust, isn't it? And yes. Then, so then the There's water There's a bit evaporates. of dirt in every... It sounds like a Disney thing. There's one bit of dirt in every single raindrop. <laughs> and you are that piece of dirt. <laughs> well, what I like here is, uh, I just, just uh, quoting uh, on the prevention side, the thing is, it says here, uh, this is a tricky one. Um, and, I mean, the, the other thing is ceramic coatings and water spots. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, here's a top tip. If you want to stop water spotting on your car, <laughs> don't get it wet. Keep it inside a garage, <laughs> and then it won't happen. You, you know, pre- prevention, it, you can only do so much with it. Yeah. yeah. And um, if you want to prevent watermark etching on the paintwork, don't put a ceramic coating on it. Well, quite, and, and to be honest, anything hydrophobic. I mean, when I wax yeah. a car, yeah. I'm hoping you're, you're gathering it up into one place, so that's exactly. going to give it the exact area it's going to have to evaporate off from. If it's hydrophilic, Apart from it's wa- all spread out over one area, so you're just going to have one big water spot of your car, and you won't notice the difference. Yeah. Apart from waxes, because waxes can contract well, and expand, so you don't mm. get etching. You still get the marks, but you don't get the etching. I see what you mean. Yeah, as soon as you get a hard surface like ceramic. They can't expand and retract enough. And you get micro cracks. Yeah, yeah, you get micro cracks that look like a ring. Yeah. If you stick them under a microscope, you've basically got an outline of the water droplet. And a very big microscope. Little, and a very big microscope. <laughs> and tiny little cracks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. And, and that affects just about every ceramic coating. doesn't matter what brand it is. I mean, it's, it's a physical property that it's, it's, well, it's a side effect of the physical properties that most ceramic coatings will provide. Um, our final. Uh, removal kind of guide was about tree sap and again just as you said as Ian was saying is that yes it's very tempting to just go and have a google and how do I remove this this article is a big dps double page spread and it's talking about different types of tree sap because that's the other thing that people you know it's easy enough to say this is you know it, it, it's a bit of tar or it's a bit of something but with with tree sap there there's more to it's it it's the sort it? of thing that if you do google it you'll get one answer repeated over and over again that is not necessarily the right answer because it's, the it's, internet is an echo chamber of parrots yeah it's yeah. usually just use hot soapy water which is great if it isn't tree sap and that's <laughs> the thing when we when i had a look into it it was the the most commonly mistaken sap on a car is actually the projectile poop 
from aphids. aphids. Yeah. yeah. So they basically eat leaves and plants, and as they swallow it, their digestive system them. basically yeah. ejects sugary water instantaneously. Instantaneously from, from its anus. Abdomen. Butthole. Okay, well... It's aphids that mostly live in lime trees, isn't it? Yeah, lime trees, sycamores, anything like that. Any sort of big... I had a friend called Frank who lived in a lime tree once. Was he a sycamore? No. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so soapy water works great for that. But then obviously when you look at tree sap itself, and then you've got tree resin. And tree resin is... I mean, it's so hard that they use it to um, do violin strings. Yes, and well, it's like... Um, what was it? That documentary about um, reptiles at Jurassic Park... It yep. was there. It amber. was amber. Yeah, amber, exactly. is, amber is true resin or rosin, if you want to be fancy. <laughs> um, and you, I'm not going to go into it because the magazine's there, but there are very, you require different removal techniques for each of those. Yeah. You can't just use soapy water. You need to, once they become turpines. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, different. soapy water and a pumice stone will work. Yeah, soapy, it'll get it off. Soapy water and a sledgehammer. Yeah. yeah. As long well, as it's, it's got to be um, bubblegum flavored, though. Yes, mm-hmm. the sledgehammer. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have to admit, every time I go into the hardware store and I ask for a bubblegum flavoured um, sledgehammer, I, they just say, well, yeah, duh. Um, You're not going to buy a citrus one. <laughs> Weird. God. <laughs> um, which leads us lovely into our agony aunt slash uncle of uh, Mr. AM Details, Alan Medcroft, all the way from Scotland. We sent the pigeon up in, I think, about two days before uh, we had to go to print. So. Um, by the time that Alan had written it all down, little tiny notes, and then wrapped it up, put it around the leg, and then sent the pigeon back again, um, we were. It was kind of one of the last things to get topped and tailed. Um, apologies, Alan, again for for being so late. Um, but we have some lovely little questions. Um, ones from uh, I don't want to go through all of the questions, but Billy from Facebook. He he gave us a nice question. I don't think he actually is from Facebook. I don't think he lives no, he there. is. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, I looked him up. Oh, okay. okay. He's off of off of Facebook. Well, we had Matthew from Kukuldi, and I know I actually know who Matthew from Kukuldi is. Is um, his name Matthew? His name is Matthew, yes. Is he from Kukuldi? He is. Do you know him too? Well, I know Kukuldi, and there's about two people there, so he must be one of them. Oh, right. Okay, well, he's at Waxdot quite regularly. Lovely man. The lovely other one's man. the angry guy on the gate at Driftland. Oh, yes. <laughs> you can't park there. <laughs> Have you got a ticket? <laughs> you never know. It might be the same. The one and the same, just with it a different could be, wig. Yeah. yeah. Could be. But yeah, no, so we've got highlights from, you know, Peter and Truro, Gary in Rochester and Wayne in Bromsgrove. So I will leave you to read those yourselves because those questions, while interesting... They're very long. They're, 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 they're quite long questions, quite specific. You have one person asking for fashion advice from Alan, which I can understand. If you see Alan, you know, the first thing you think is there's a well-dressed man. Um, and then you probably also think, is he going to get any taller? Um, and, and what is he saying to me? But no, he's... What do you mean, is he going to get any taller? He's, he's not the tallest of men. Are you sure it's not you that's the anomaly? No, I just base everything else around the, the standard human adult male height being six foot three and a half. Anything but we only ever see him at Waxstock, and realistically, the only other human that you can gauge him against is PJ. To be fair, I've seen I've seen no. a photo of Alan in a suit. I did wonder if there was a wedding cake somewhere <laughs> with, with a bear top. Well, he is that good looking, as to be said. <laughs> and it's got Seagal in it. Is that Titanic? No, no, he plays a chef. Come on. Is it Seagull Boat Cake? No. Oh, what? Uh, Under Siege? Under Siege, and then the sequel is on a train, and he's still yes, a chef. Yes, that's Under Siege 2, I believe. Was there. it on a boat? Oh, was the first one on a boat? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they could have called it Under Sea-G. He's, 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 no, because oh. he's a chef, because that's the only, the only thing a master, master Chief can do. 
uh, if he retires being a master chief, he and could become a, a chef. It had Tommy Lee Jones because he's got death Wait, skills. Does he become a master chef? Master <laughs> chef. Oh, you've left the navy. He, he puts petrol mm. in a microwave, hadn't he? Well, it upset oh. me because I didn't know Tommy Lee Jones was so evil. Because I I'd first seen him in that uh, documentary about aliens he's an with Will too. Smith, and he's brilliant. Is he in Under Siege 2? He's not. He's not. Is he on? I think he's Under Siege 1 because he's, he's wearing a, a bandana thingamajiggles, which oh, I really I didn't remember Oh, yeah, but that, that, was like old, that was like young rebel Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, but he was yeah, still chronologically enhanced. Yeah, he was still, yeah. he was definitely... You know. I don't think Tommy Lee Jones has ever been young. Well, he has when Josh Brogan played him. Josh Brogan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Men in Black. What do you mean played him? Four, five, what are they up to now? Oh, I don't know. The last Men in Black. Oh. No, oh, no, yes. no, no. Not the, not the terrible one. The last one with Will Smith in. Well, oh, was there another one after? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Men in Black International. Ooh, yeah, oh, dear. It wasn't entirely terrible. It wasn't I terrible because Phone Jacker played a market trader, yes. and he was really funny. Yes. Anyway, so this is magazine related. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. So, so moving away from Will Smith. Um, so the next thing, and this is interesting. This is been a passion of mine for a long, long time, and Ian's uh, quite recently got into it as well, which is um, playing dong. with our ding. Yeah, dong dings, ding dongs, cameras. Oh, no, not dogging. Not dogging. No. <laughs> <laughs> taking dodgy photos. I need a sound effect. Um, yeah, so taking. What's the dogging sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I mean, the kind of the tumbleweed was. You can't. You for. can't really do a. No, you can't <laughs> even do a click sound for the interior light going on and off. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Get back on my wife, Maris. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, that. That went downhill quite soon. But uh, yeah, so we have done lots. Of handbrake off. <laughs> oh, I was going to make a slip joke, but I went. Um, oh, the... that's why all of his car on manual. Don't do that. Jeremy Clarkson made one of those. I know he got in trouble. Yeah, yeah. They really upset James. The as in May. Um, yeah, not me because I don't watch it because he's an. Yeah, you can't cope with. You, yeah, oh, I can't stand him. You can't cope with. Absolutely with Clarkson, can't stand him. He's a dinosaur. I adore him. The, the minute that. Steve Burry from Burry stopped doing motorbikes oh. on Top Gear. I was I just lost interest because I it was, but Steve Burry from Burry, Tiff, Quentin, Quentin, oh Tony, Jezza, Tony, Tony. I love Tony, Tony with Robinson. His black cap. I wanted him to be my dad. This week we're going to have a look at the classic <laughs> Mini Clubman, one of the best race cars to ever have graced the roads. <laughs> Is, Is he dead? Is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Oh. I, I, the um. Well, hang on. I don't know. He what? he got ill. I think Tony. You know Tony. Aldrick. No. no. So you said Tony Robinson. What you... No, Tony Mason. Oh, I thought you, you said Tony say, Robinson. No, you, you did, did say sound a little Robinson. bit like did I like say Mason? Aldrick there? <laughs> yeah, Aldrick wasn't Northern. No, no, Baldrick's <laughs> legendary as well. And no, Tony right. Mason was the short chubby chap with always wore a flat cap and he always did the little rally reports. He was an ex co-driver, wasn't he? Yeah, ex co-driver for like. And, and works they, or something. They put him in on, on film quite often as the co-driver to interview a driver while being hurled around a Welsh forest. Yeah, but he used to do the, the motorsport insert, didn't he? That, yeah. was, that was when Top Gear was cool. I No, it was when it was uncool and therefore when it was cool as, as a function of that. Because I remember it was Thursdays at 8, eight, or eight o'clock because eight I used to go to Cubs until 7.45. Yeah. And then I'd leg it. My dad would come and pick me up and we'd run home and I could watch it. So you had, you, had, you had a different childhood from me. Uh, my, my parents kindly recorded it on VHS so that when I got back from school at Christmas, I was watching them back to back and it was bloody epic. And there was Kate Humble. Do you remember Kate Humble went on it? And they had another lady who was before that was her. way after. Kate yeah. Humble was off um, Blue Peter, wasn't she? Uh, well, I no, don't she did, know. She did Longleat. Yeah, she did oh, Longleat. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, so we're we're we're, we're, we're covered again. dogging and covered Kate humble now. So yes. <laughs> Keeping on track again. Keeping on track. Um, we kick off the photography session with Lightroom. Now, I know it seems a bit weird in a detailing magazine to be talking for two or three pages about a bit of computer software, but if you're into cars and detailing, you're more than likely going to be, to some extent, into photography, and because we obviously operate in a very, you know, internet and magazine world, photos are important, so we thought it'd be important to show you how to do it. And the answer is that with Lightroom, you can really make images ping. I mean, it, it is... I discovered it probably four years ago and I've done courses on it and I just adore it as a software. And bear in mind, I'm not a big fan of Adobe. I like Acrobat, as in proper Acrobat, where you can make PDFs, uh, and I like Lightroom. I can't cope with Photoshop too complicated. I've recently started trying to play with After Effects and my brain just exploded. It was messy. Um, and even InDesign, which I've done an online course with an introductory one, and it still confuses me. So Lightroom, honestly, don't be scared. Yes, it's an Adobe program um, and there's a monthly fee and all the rest of it, but it's amazing piece of software the, the important thing to remember when you when we're talking about uh post editing and things like the photos is not about making the car look like something it's not it's not about putting fil insta filters on yeah. anything like that it's actually about making the car look as good as it is in front of you because it's very easy to take a mediocre picture and you look back and oh, oh, it doesn't look, yeah, like, we good, we see it look much better in, in, in the flesh we see it quite a lot with pro detailers don't we where they just whack the exposure up knock yeah. all the shadows out HDR the highlights right up yeah. and, you, and you basically end up with a car that looks obviously shopped or, yep. or plastic that's the other thing because if you go too far it looks like it's plastic or mm -hmm. um, well like it's cartoon. HDR the, the, I was amazed when I got my last phone some Samsung thing the uh, HDR filter was on as standard. I had to tell yeah. it not to take high... high um but HDR is very different because HDR takes three shots. It's, so it'll take three shots and it layers them up. Yeah. So you basically, you basically get... Uh, it's like an enhancement of saturation it's, it's like and everything. It's like the front cover. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah... Yeah, stacking. It's a different thing. But also, and, and further to that is, bear in mind, the reason it's called Lightroom, in the olden days, um, you would go to a darkroom to process your film. And so the whole concept of Lightroom is that it's the a version of exposing it. And in the old days when you had film, you as a photographer could choose different areas of the, the photograph to expose more or less, and you could use chemistry, frankly, in times. Science. Um, science. With brackets. I mean, I remember I used to work in a, a dark room <laughs> at, as kind of we had a, like a, a photography class thing. And in that was there, a different dark room, but that's just where they locked you in class. <laughs> no, that was the cupboard. <laughs> Took me a couple of years to realise. Um, but the uh, so in there, and there were loads of stopwatches and different sort of cams and stuff like that, different strengths, so that you could adjust how you expose things. And so this is the digital equivalent for those uh, who take digital photographs. I you know, everyone. Um, so that's the Lightroom article. We use a photo that I took at the AROC, Alfa Romeo Owners Club event at, uh, no, but where was it? Bister. Bister. Bicester. 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 That was a lovely day out. Some that was real, awesome. real nice Alfa Romeos there. Uh, and think AA we could truck in sight. Uh, there was at least two that broke down. At least two that broke down. They were IRAC though. So. Well, I tell you what, the I went to an MG Owners Club event at a like wildlife park that you did. Uh, the uh, did the AA drop them off there? No, this was a hilarious <laughs> thing. Is that they all park in a field and then they do a drive out, so they go for a little tour around kind of Swindon or something. Um, and as I, I got in early, obviously set up the, the gazebo. Where's the wildlife and park near Swindon? What you mean, Cotswold um, Wildlife Park? Yeah, Burford. B and M Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's not near Swindon, but well, yeah, we have to give a point of people. We can't say Bybury. Nobody's heard of Bybury. It's not yeah, Bybury either. It's Burford. 
It's, I know, but in terms of giving location, we don't want to get, it's like, can be on North Cerny, but not as far as South Cerny. And what, why are we asking people from Bristol for directions? Because <laughs> that's the only accent. Is that anywhere near Cerny Wick? It's, it, well, exactly, it's not. That's <laughs> the annoying thing. It's, it's Cerny Wick's near Cerny. Yeah, but North Cerny's not. North Cerny's no, North not. Cerny's North Cerny's totally different. Anyway. See, this is West, West Country stuff. Well, it's not even West Country, is it? It's, it's just Gloucestershire. It's, and, and to be fair, the only accent I do that's not racist is that one. So that's the only one I'm going to no, do. No, that's still podcast. racist. It's not. It is. It's not. It's not because I, I lived there. So. I don't identify them as a race. <laughs> <laughs> so um, having covered software, the next thing we covered is a quick guide to how to, when, when you're actually composing your photos, taking your photos, a quick guide, hints and tips to how you can make or take better photos. And it's a really fun thing. And it doesn't mean you don't have to have a fancy camera for this. You can do it on your phone. A lot of these things uh, can be applied to any sort of camera that you like. So it's a, a, a much more general guide. And I hope you enjoy it. We, we actually had quite a lot of fun filming it and putting stuff in and, and doing it. Um, so then once we've got... <laughs> so, What's happy about that? Um, Mike Phillips is, I mean, uh, to be honest, if you're listening to this podcast uh, on purpose, you'll know who Mike Phillips he is. He is Mr. Detail, mm -hmm. isn't he? he, he he's, he's, he's been around uh, a lot longer than the vast majority of us. Um, and he used to work for Meguiar's, and now he's kind of the front man, has been for ages, of AutoGeek, which is about the biggest reseller of car care products in the world. And probably the, the most interesting TV channel as well. On, yes. the, on the YouTube. Mm -hmm. They were one of the first to really embrace technology bit on the forums. And if you look on the, on the AutoGeek forums, he, he, the nice thing about Mike, well, one of the many nice things about Mike is he writes really long, detailed replies and, and uh, points out and kind of explanations and write-ups and stuff. You can learn a lot from him. And he, he's just as much an educator as he is a detailer. But, but he uses info. When we did the Dodo Juice after Waxstock curry yes. that we used to go to, he would always order the hottest thing on the menu and ask for it hotter really so That's when when mike was over we, he came yeah. with us to the no, meal he came in he yeah, yeah he, he maxed out he was like yeah hot as you can make it wow Crikey. So, okay, so that's that's a new thing. Mike Phillips is also a sadist. Um, so, <laughs> I suppose it comes more from the sort of American chili cook-offs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course they do have that thing where they all try and eat a chili and then, yeah, start crying um, and vomiting. Yeah, we did, did, they did that in Glasgow, didn't they? And two people died. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that was just a stabbing that happened to be going on in the same room. Oh, come on. <laughs> No, so we uh, went through a lot. We had to omit a question or two simply because we, I, I wrote the questions and then we didn't have space to put them. But we've given four pages across to it. Really interesting insight uh, and some wonderful photos from the past. Um, and he's a funny guy as well. That's the other thing. We've done quite a few interviews with Americans. Um, and it's quite a serious thing. They're like, all right, there's an interview about detailing. But actually, Mike might sort of... Um, the, the biggest problem we have with Pro Detailer magazine interviewing anybody from America is that they don't get sarcasm no and my life basically revolves around it yes yes <laughs> so. our humor i think it is a slight there's a slight breach there but i know at the same time we get emails from american readers and they find it absolutely hilarious and it's like in, in france for example they like hello hello uh, the bbc tv series about you know, everyone likes hello hello no but the french adore it and in germany they're like manta manta no no the french <laughs> the french adore it once they realised that it's not taking the piss out of the, just the French. Yeah, so Because my, my other half didn't like it originally until I actually she bothered watching it and she's like, <laughs> oh, okay, it's taking, it's taking the piss out of you guys as well. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely everybody. <laughs> War is stupid. Hello. <laughs> 
Um, so yes, anyway, that's there is a the sense of humour thing. But we, we've done interviews. Uh, how good? Other, how good is that for so advert? Oh yes, uh, I mean, I've, I've looked at it. God knows how many times when we put it in the mag, but every, every yeah. time. I look through this issue. That Fusso, that uh, Soft Ninety Nine advert is it stands that's out. Everything a detailing. If we ever get around to doing an, a, an awards um, ceremony thing, there is going to be a best looking advert award. Yeah, mm. and this at the moment is, is pretty hard. The, the, the bar. Glyptone's the, good. Yeah, the new Glyptone one's pretty good. The Dodo Juice one's a classic. Yes, that's a classic. Yeah, and we've, we've repeated it. I mean, they, the they did it about five fun. years ago. Huh? LC one's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, LC Lake Country. That's a nice ad. Really nice, um, colourful <laughs> on that. So, um, yeah, no, that's a big, a big thing. And also, Soft Ninety Nine, they're they're in Europe and now the UK are, are putting a lot into promotion and stuff like that. And this advert's actually about Raindrop, which is a product we actually tried and tested as part of the new products thing, and we we were impressed with it. it was, that's not the... Um, the can blast, you mean? Can oh, blast thing. Or, yeah, not the Glaco one that looks a bit like a... No, no, not like the... the, the you know, it looks like a... a pleasurable... You know, a... a, 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 you know, a thing. Stutter? Yes, yes. <laughs> old, old man stuttering. <laughs> Spit it out! <laughs> Or don't, you can keep it in if you want. Hilarious. You know that interferes with tellies. Those, what? Does yours? Those How powerful is it? No, no. We're <laughs> visiting the telly start blurring every time that's getting used in a different room. It's, it's hilarious. Anyway. You should, um, you should move your bedroom over. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, then we have another article from Erin, which is on a writer's log, writer's blog, rather. Um, which is, uh, again, uh, do you want to say anything about your, your blog? Blog, bloggy blog. Uh, blog. I wrote that in <laughs> January and February this year. A lot's happened since then, and That's true. it was <laughs> it was the content that I wrote back then ready to go straight. And no, it's it's re, it's revisiting the use the the, the place that writing a, a a weblog still has in relation to SEO and customer interaction, finding specific customer bases. I used the example in there of R one hundred seven Mercs. Mm. And it's sort of a, it's a story that comes from from Rich and about six years ago I think he 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 wrote a very short uh, blog on restoring the leather on an R one oh seven Merc and to this day we we're, we're still contacted probably every every few months by somebody's read somebody that. with yeah. one of one of those specific cars to redo the leather on it mm. and such a small thing I mean it probably took him all of half an hour to write but if it's you add up over the years it's yeah, probably thousands. gained about £15,000 worth of business just from yeah. doing that one I mean so <clears throat> even if you only get one customer from it it's worth doing yeah you know it's like um. As, so it's not just about backlinks it's about appealing to very specific niches and very specific searches yeah you've got to write it in two ways you've got to write it for the reader you've also then got to write it for Google just, just because only 250 people are probably going to read it you, that's 250 potential very, customers yeah. very direct customers who are probably all going to have the same issue if it's a if it's a, a, a common problem hey somebody should mm. uh, somebody should do a magazine or something about detailing that'd yeah, be a good niche wouldn't no, it no I think it's a bad no. idea I think uh, it's stupid um, done to death, isn't it? Actually, and look at some of the jokes we've done in this one. Probably a bit inappropriate retrospect. <laughs> what jokes have I done in it? Is it oh, joke? God, has he gone unregulated? There's <laughs> <laughs> one slim yeah. through the net. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I read it back contemporaneously, it was fine, but now we've had a pandemic that that was probably... Never mind. Um, we, we crack into wellness, um, and wellness is fun because it's a relatively new thing, but we've, we've what, we've done three issues with the wellness section now? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not a new topic. It's just something that we've started to highlight because detailers are a delicate bunch, aren't they? 
We are, anyway. No, no. <laughs> but there's so much that goes on throughout a working week for a detailer. You know, you've got the the physical strain of the job, and then you've got the mental strain as well, because all, all pro detailers push themselves to the limit, mentally. And that's before you get into the amount of chemicals you're breathing yeah. on a daily basis. So combine all of that with solvent abuse. <laughs> you know, you're in a pretty bad state. Um, but, uh, you know, just running any business. If, you, you know, if you're running a business alone, if you're a sole trader or you've got a small business, you know, you're kind of... You expect, you're, you're, you're expected to go home and respond to messages and emails and, you know, monitor your social media and post stuff. And it's just... Uh, Being on 24-hour calls yeah, is not the yeah. way to live your life. So in this one, we talk a little bit about switching off, you know, um, being able to get to that point where you can end a working day. Um, and, and, you know, especially Ian and I are both young families, and it's difficult to physically switch off and, and be a dad or be a partner, and or even if you're single, just switch off and mm. Especially not with work. The, the social media plugged into your phone because that's the only place that most of it will work properly yeah i mean i actually considered going off radar and getting a 3210 and just having it for calls and text messages but well exactly i did always have a separate tablet with all my work stuff on and i didn't have anything work related on my phone now i do because i'm a bit older and longer in the tooth and frankly i just ignore it (laughs) if if i can't be bothered to reply to something but When, when you're starting up a business, you're trying to you know throw yeah. throw it throw it and grab every little bit of business you can. So that customer that emails you or texts you or sends you a Facebook message at ten thirty in the evening, just you're going to bed with a question that requires a ten paragraph long response, you're going to try and fulfil that. And mm. I've and I've I've been at that stage as well when it was horrible, we were, when wasn't we were it? in the early stages of having the Facebook account for CAD. You know, I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll respond in the morning. And you respond, and they go, "Oh, I've already booked it." It's like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, you're joking!" Like you, you message me at eleven o'clock at night, and and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh well, if I don't respond, somebody else will." Yeah, but that's you know it happens. If you yeah. don't answer the phone, they might go and book somewhere else. It's just it and, will happen. And you the other let thing, it go. the other thing is recognizing stress. So uh, on a personal side, obviously I'm I'm not a, a detailer or anything, but um, I found myself consuming quite a lot of alcohol. Um, and I just, I just sort of made a little note to myself about what, what was going in, so to speak. And I've, I've realised that I wasn't drinking on Friday nights or Saturday nights. It was only on work nights. And that was just to turn the brain off. Well, yeah. the, the, the cell, at least. He's called Frank. And, you have to fix that, don't you? Uh, well, I've had concussion, been hospitalised for concussion four times in my life now. Well, I was actually going to think, drink at work. That doesn't work. I never stop drinking. <laughs> no, that's Never alcohol. doesn't stop giving up drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's also to be able to spot the signs of stress before it's too late was, was the upshot as well as revealing my penchant for, for strong dry cider. Um, so the other part we did, and this was the first time we kind of had uh, some outside help courtesy of somebody called Elise, uh, and she runs a company called EBG Sports Therapy. Um, first of all, a girl with a name after a car is yeah, kind of cool. and, and just to note, she is not Colin Chapman's daughter, like, no. like we first suspected. Yeah, hoped, yes. Not um, enough Norfolk. <laughs> not enough Norfolk. She had too. She had two little fingers. <laughs> not not too little. Fi- too few fingers. Too few fingers. There you go. Um, she Five came six. over one night to the unit when we were um, writing the mag, and basically we had um, Ian and James being put through their paces. We would basically say, "Look, this is how we polish a car." Yeah, we'll she did a lot of. Oh God! And oh, you don't do you? And oh, 
Oh, God, no. Yes. When she saw how we did our job. It's usually much bigger when I've seen that before. <laughs> so, um, this Dub is a, Double it, grower. It's a bit of, well, uh, speaking of, this is going to be a double ender because we've, we've got enough content, basically, for two separate articles. So our first article is uh, an example. We've cartoonified it, uh, which looks really cool, I have to admit. Bfunky.com comes up nicely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, give all the credit to the online <laughs> site, not the guy who sat there actually designing it. More <laughs> <laughs> um, point, before we forget, shout yeah. out to our cutout guy in Pakistan. Oh, God, yeah. Yes. We found a... So previously in the magazines we've used uh, for the new products, we've basically photoshopped, unless Bert has had it his way, and he'll open uh, I do a it photograph in, in MS Paint, and then yes. he'll delete the background pixel by pixel. Yes. Uh, Ian and I have been using Photoshop for some time, but it is... <clears throat> the quality of our cutouts aren't... They're all right. Yeah. It's good, but not the time They're that right. we can devote to yeah. it. So and, we, and Ian found... Where did you find him? It was on Fiverr. Right, so you found him. Found it wasn't. Him a, it wasn't a fiver. I have to say. You know, I thought he was on it was, it was like ten quid for sixty photos. Well, it was a fiver for thirty. <laughs> well, no, you know there wasn't that option. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we basically sent him off to this dude in Pakistan, and he was epic. He yeah, was twenty-four just, hour turnaround, and color probably saved well. us about six hours worth yeah. of work. So yeah. shout out to that guy. He was he was brilliant. What was his name? In yep. <laughs> He, he's, on, he's on my Christmas card list. Hey, cut out. anybody Christmas cards? <laughs> Cutout um, guy, that was his name. Cutout guy, yeah. I just want to say that while I did cut out a lot of photos and paint, since getting a, a 32 megapixel camera, I've, I've stopped doing that because that means a lot of pixels to manually do with a pencil tool. Just, just an FYI, I don't do that anymore. I you did because I saw you doing it thing. with a logo the other day. Mm -hmm. Well, the logo is easy. It's just straight lines. I think you know people undervalue paint, but it's important. So, um, moving moving on, we have our chemistry corner, which um, has a little fun bit of fascinating alliteration, um, and it is all about pH. It's something we've done a video on at Labo Cosmetica. We got it from uh, pH is something that's plagued us for the last couple of years because we've talked to various people in white coats. Some of them uh, kind of gave the Tell explanation. Tell us to get back in the cell. Yeah. <laughs> yes, back in the van. And um, th there were kind of stories that kind of conflicted and kind of didn't, and we've all got our own like captive chemists that we'll quietly talk to. Um, anyway, it was when we went to Labo that we kind of got clarification on it all, and then actually more or less everything that all the chemists we talked about was correct in the past. Yeah, just not individually. They all had to yeah. be combined to be correct <laughs> together. To find the truth. Yeah. It's like so a war crux. We basically had to combine all the info we'd be given to get to the point that matched up with what Labo told us. Yes. Um, but it was fascinating. I mean, mm. it was... Uh, That's a, a pH fascinating. Like the Fev. Like the Fev. Fev. Fascinating. And a face. Face. But yeah, they. Uh, I mean, the video's on YouTube now, isn't it? Uh, it is indeed, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a, a beaker of water, and they added pretty much a single drop of hydrochloric or sulfuric mm. acid and that single drop made the pH match the pH of the hydrochloric acid in its neat form. Yeah. So we basically... But without the concentrated strength. Without the yeah. concentration. So you can have a pH 1... Um, in low concentration. But even today, I, I was just interested in the pH of... Oh, what was I using? It was... Lubricant. Oh. Oh, I can't remember what it was. No, it was, it was quite a strong alcohol. Oh, no, it was the duo foam from Autosmart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just curious to see if it was acid alkaline, so I stuck the probe in there and it came out at a pH 9.7. So 
alkaline. Yeah. yeah, it's alkaline, um, but it could be low concentration. So, also, when yeah. I went outside, uh, Rich had been using um, the Labra Cosmetica acid shampoo. Yeah. Per- yeah. Perfect. Oh, Cupid, 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 no, Cupid, no, not Cupid. It starts with P. I'm sure it's not Prima, pre, Primus. Not Primus. Prima, no. Well, hang on, no, not. I P, can right. go and look out the window and tell you. Oh, exactly. well. Anyway, yeah, and uh, so I just jo- Purifica. Sort of Purifica. Purifica. There Purifica. we go. Boom. So acid, acid shampoo. Uh, he didn't actually use it at the the highest concentration, so it was probably around 200 mil in a uh, three a uh, 30 liter bucket with 25 liters of actual water in there. Um, but that was pH two. In diluted, Di- majorly yeah. diluted, yeah, yeah. Mm. and but amazingly, the probe didn't dissolve. So therefore, yeah, I think that the but if, uh, up. even <laughs> if we look at things like uh, fallout removers, you know, um, the autoglim fallout remover was based around oxalic acid, mm-hmm. which is and that tests at pH one. Mm-hmm. Was that the lava one? They no, 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 no. It was just their fallout remover. It was a professional product. Um, yeah, it tests at pH one but it's safe to spray over an entire vehicle that doesn't burn your hands off. Mm. But then you've got things that pH 3 that will burn your hands off. Yes. So it's and it's a very misleading... It's not misleading, but it's a very misinterpreted scale. Yeah, it's a kind of very arbitrary scale. And the annoying thing is that, to my knowledge, there isn't a, an alternative probe that you can stick in your bucket and it'll tell you not only pH, but also concentration of pH, or certainly not. Where is your finger? If your finger comes out again, then the concentration's <laughs> not that high. This this water feels spicy. <laughs> yes. uh, but what was interesting is it was Heineken who invented pH, wasn't yes. it? Carlsberg. 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 Well, they taste the same. Ooh. Ooh. I can see no, no, they don't, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it was Carlsberg invented the pH scale, effectively. Mm-hmm. And it was the power of hydrogen. A report. No, which was something of hydrogen. Um, was it power, though? I thought power well, was the one where they presumed it was power of hydrogen, and actually, it's well, the, nobody actually like knows, do they? Well, it was something it, German it, and long. It, it was. It was one of those. So I looked. It was one of those that have been reinterpreted two ways. It was written down as pH on the original sheet, and then he gave two different definitions of it later yeah. on because it was it was a scientist that worked for mm. Carlsberg. But it's logarithmic, isn't it? It's like yes. um, yeah. decibels. Yeah. So two decibels is twice. Twice as And then three is... To the power like, of... Yeah, to the power of three. Yeah. So it's two, one times, one times, one, no, two times, two times two. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> you can see what... <laughs> I, just know that, I just know that when, when the Peugeot was at Alton Park and it got 98 decibels when it was supposed to be 103... Yes. Apparently it was still very, very loud. Yeah. So they still weren't impressed. But, <laughs> you know, legal, don't care. <laughs> We have been nattering on a long time, so what we've decided to do is cut this podcast in two. So this is the end of part two.